Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, New York? What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. We're here live 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City at the world-famous WABC Radio. That's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Democrats are threatening to burn the system down if they don't get what they want. Now, you guys know that we're here every Saturday, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, bringing you the real, bringing it to you live. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and you catch me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Rich Valdez with an S because I want to hear what you have to say. Our phone number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and that's WABC. So turn up your radio, get comfortable, pull up a chair and join me because over the next hour, we're going to talk about a lot of things that I think at least are important. And what's going on through the week, what you can expect next week as well. There's an occupied zone in New York City. The cops are under attack. History's been attacked. Statues are getting knocked down. So many of our neighborhoods, your neighborhoods, are under attack. But what's going on right now, this isn't about mourning the loss of a human being. This is not about racial equality. It's not about peaceful assembly over a protest or a grievance. This is political extortion. This has nothing to do with race or income status. It's got everything to do with gaining political power. And I want to make that clear, that that's not just my opinion. This is what I'm gleaning from the facts. I was sitting in the newsroom yesterday when Curtis Lewa came over to me, and he says, hey, Check out this video from Frank Morano, Frankie Five Burrows. Big shout to Frank Morano, who has a video of him speaking at a community board meeting. I checked it out, and it was of the same guy that was on the night before talking about burning down America. Now, this guy that we're talking about, his name is Walter Hawk Newsom. He was on Fox News with Martha McCallum. And he had a lot of really interesting things to say, not the least of which is that if we don't get what we want, we will burn the system down. Check this out. I watched you, you know, talking and on a bunch of different interviews today. And you said, burn it down. You said, burn it down. It's time. So that makes me think I, that, I you wanna, it's, that you want to burn time. it down. I said, if this country... If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. All right. And I could be speaking figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. 
All right, so now we have to figure out. Everybody, bust out your crystal ball because we have to figure out what Mr. Newsom's saying. Now, I got to be honest. I'm going to take shots at him a little bit because I disagree. But one thing I will say is that I really do enjoy listening to this guy because I hear him and I say, you know what? That's an interesting perspective. So as I was saying, this is a video that I watched on YouTube and I got it from uh, Curtis and Moreno and they were telling me about, you know, his commentary about Black Lives Matter. He is the chair of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York. However, the official Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Global Foundation run by three women, one of which you heard on this program last week, Patrice Cullors, along with Alicia Garza and another woman named Opal Tometi. I hope I didn't mess any other names up. Those three women have said, Hawk Newsom is not our guy. In fact, They've disavowed him completely. And they're saying that the only official Black Lives Matter chapter in New York is called Black Lives Matter NYC. But that did not stop Mr. Newsom from going to the community board meeting or going to Fox News and saying this. So I want to go to the cut of Hawk Newsom, cut nine. Listen to this. 70% of the most violent acts of police brutality in the country have been committed by the NYPD. 70% have been committed by the NYPD. Why? Because it is people like you who are in essence placeholders who do the bidding for this bureaucracy that is New York that are too afraid to do anything about it. It is people like you who point fingers at Donald Trump but here locally implement his tactics of this delusion of white supremacy. Why is it that our enemy, Dr. Trump, I mean Donald Trump, passed the First Step Act when Democrats failed? It's because Democrats fail black people consistently. With no remorse, you betray us. You betray our mothers. You allow our children to be victimized and over-policed in schools, and you do nothing about it. Well, there you go. And I told you, I like listening to what this guy has to say because there are things I agree with. I do agree that the Democrats have consistently sold the black community short, as well as the Latinos, all Hispanics. In fact, on my podcast, This Is America, which you can get right at WABCradio.com, I've often said that Democrats are the enemy of Latinos, and I do believe that they are. They've done nothing to help them and everything to hurt them. Imagine growing up in a housing project. Imagine growing up so broke that you have to turn to crime to do anything in life. Now, that's a real situation in New York City, in the United States. People actually grow up so poor that they turn to street life. And it's perpetual. One generation after another generation. And why does this happen over and over and over again? Because somebody's not doing something right. And I'm not blaming the people that are in that situation. I'm blaming the people that they elect to be their leaders. And this is the same thing that he's complaining about. So in this particular area, I can honestly say that we agree. But there are other things where I think he goes off the deep end. He agrees in the Second Amendment. So do I. I think that's a good thing. And I think that's what triggered his exodus from Black Lives Matter. Uh, He spoke at a Trump rally. There was a bunch of uh, black Trump supporters that had a rally in Washington, D.C. I think it was 2017, maybe 2018. 
he rolls up with his crew and they start chanting Black Lives Matter in the back. And the black Trump supporters said, you know what? Let's give this guy his due. They allowed him to come onto the stage and they said, we're going to give you two minutes. Tell our crowd what your message is, whether they buy it or not. That's different. But right now we're going to give you that chance. So he went up there and he shared his piece and about Black Lives Matter, Greater New York. And there was, you know, a little bit of a back and forth uh, in terms of debating ideas. But the bottom line is he has this angle where he believes that people should defend themselves under the Second Amendment. That's great. (laughs) I have the same angle. (laughs) I totally believe in that. So this is an area where we agree. However, that's an area where once that got out, the BLM people were like, hey, bro, listen, you sound more like the Black Panthers than you sound like Black Lives Matter. So there's been that back and forth. Anyway, after Mr. Newsom's appearance on Fox News, somebody, and I'm going to leave them anonymous, sends me a uh, private message. And it says, Walter Newsom from Black Lives Matter went to law school and his sister is a perpetual perennial candidate in New York, running for office often and not winning. He goes on to say, I don't think he pursued the bar, et cetera, et cetera, and that they're involved in working with attorneys, getting them police brutality cases, et cetera. I don't know how true or false this is, so I'm not making a statement about Mr. Newsom with, to that regard. I'm just saying that that was the message that I got from someone anonymously uh, through one of the uh, social medias. So I, I, to put everything in context, it seems that his activism is working. He's been at it for a while. But what is it that he really believes? So I want to continue with Mr. Newsom, but I want to do that on the other side of the break. Right now, I'm going to give you our phone number. It's 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. When we get back, we're going to hear a couple of more clips from Newsom from 2017. And we're going to get to your calls and a few other things, because top Republican Chuck Grassley is coming at Trump, telling him he's got to switch it up in order to win in November. We've got that. We also have... Joe Biden. Oh, boy. Uncle Joe. He's all over the place. Plus the police. We've got police that are resigning in record number here in New York City. All the while, there are people building camps outside City Hall. Keep it live. Keep it local. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to This is America on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's brown. He's bald. And he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back. We're here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We're 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And there's this individual named Hawk Newsom that you've seen on Fox News. And we did a little digging around and we found out a little bit more about him. Now, if you didn't listen to the first segment, let me just catch you up to speed. He talked about Dr. Trump or Donald Trump, as he says, and how he was able to get criminal justice reform, the first setback, passed when Democrats couldn't do it for decades. And he claims that's because Democrats have let down African-Americans. I agree with that. He goes on to talk about a lot of other things, and I want you to listen to what he had to say in uh, the next clip, Cut 10, where he wants them to act like they care because he says that Democrats don't give a damn. Check this out. Right now, activism is taking over the country. The Women's March, Black Lives Matter, started down at Occupy. And guess what? 
every piece of what you are and what you represent right now is going down the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should be an indicator to all of you that change is coming. But you sit here in this farce, in this hypocrisy, and you listen to us, and you act like you care, yet you do nothing about it. I don't know if you can hear that. That is the sound of me thumping on my chest. Uh, okay, so you act like you care. All right, I think he's so WWE. I love this guy. He's great for radio. He's really good on TV, too. But, and again, he's not always wrong. He's got a couple of things right. But he mentioned AOC. And we all know that she's my favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all out crazy herself. AOC, as a omen, he mentions her as a, uh, a victory, as a trophy, saying that if you don't notice that AOC is the activism and uh, the, the deciding factor of what's going on right now, then you're missing something. Now, what's interesting here is he's talking about Black Lives Matter and AOC. This audio is almost three years old. And here we are again, three years later, and we're still talking about those same things. In fact, I would say AOC is even bolder than she's been. And so is Black Lives Matter. And again, I was talking to my kid on the way here, and she was explaining to me how she supports the Black Lives Matter movement. And I said, well, of course, who wouldn't support a movement that supports equality and not killing anybody of any race. But yes, I don't think anybody should kill black people. But I explained to her that this goes further beyond that. Last week, we talked about Patrice Cullors, and you heard the audio of her saying that she's a trained, trained Marxist. This is the nexus, uh, or I should say the genesis, of the Black Lives Matter movement. They use racism as a crutch, as a tool Racism is evil, so we must destroy it. The government is evil, so we must destroy it. Capitalism is evil, so we must destroy it. They, they put their target on whatever it is they want. They harness that political power and they go for it. AOC does the same exact thing. They're reading from the same book. She just does it differently. She says black and brown, black and brown. And then she goes after capitalism big time. She goes after capitalism, the Amazon, the big bad wolf. Meanwhile, everybody in the neighborhood's like, well, you know, that Amazon thing might might have been a good idea. I'm just saying. Even that coronavirus money that she voted against, that, that might have been a good idea too. But AOC votes against that because she says it didn't do enough. It didn't do enough for illegal aliens. She's always one step uh, further to the left than anybody else. And in this case, she voted no. Every single constituent of hers in her district got a check, not because of anything that their congresswoman did for her. She voted against it. But again, he cites AOC. Then he cites Occupy, that started Occupy. He's talking about Zuccotti Park here in New York City. When they took over and did like they did in Chaz, the um, Capitol Hill autonomous zone in Seattle where they took over the police department where they took over six city blocks and then just a few days ago disbanded the whole thing because they keep killing people in Chaz and since they're autonomous nobody lets the ambulance in crazy stuff I, I, I honestly when as I say it I don't believe that that actually happened but it did and and we're going to get to this a little bit further ahead 
They're doing it right now again in New York City. Outside of City Hall, there's 400 people sleeping outside of City Hall. That blows me away. I had no idea that that was actually going down, but that did go down that way. Now, before we go, I want to sneak in one more quick clip from Newsom because I think what he says in this one is that uh, he kind of reiterates what's going on in New York City and the failures that Mayor Bill El Bobo de Blasio have made, Bolshevik Bill de Blasio. Check this out. Cut 11. This mayor brought his son out with his afro when he was running for election and said, oh, I fear for my son when he walks the streets of you New York. But yet and still he did nothing to correct the police. They turned his, their backs on him and he cowered to them. I have a question. When was the last time any of you saw a police officer who was charged with misconduct say, you know what? There's the report. Guess what? I did it. There's the report. Guess what? I did it. I mean, I think this is reminiscent of a march that the Black Panthers conducted on President Reagan, excuse me, Governor Reagan, when he was governor of California. And Bobby Seale and the Black Panthers marched on Washington with shotgun in hand, dressed in black, you know, their full Black Panther garb, shotgun in hand. California is not an open carry state if the weapon is loaded, or at least at the time. And this is how the, the, the story was presented to me. And I found it fascinating. So when Governor Reagan says, all these men are armed in the street. What are we going to do about this? He says, well, not a whole lot because they have the shells in their pockets. So they're within their right. And I always, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. I always support the Second Amendment. Old saying, we have the First Amendment and all of the others because of the second, because that's the one we use to protect all the others. So that's critical. Now, there's a little bit more from Hawk that we're going to get to before we uh, wrap up from him. Let's let's do that. Cut 12 if we can. Do we have enough time? All right, let's squeeze that in. When was the last time you saw Pat Lynch and Ed Mullins come out and say that these officers are wrong? Never! They have all the protection in the world, and we have none. And the reason we have none is because we rely on people like you who don't do Well, there you go. You don't do boop. (laughs) This is your fault, not his. And another thing I love is if you notice, look at Hawk, look at AOC, look at Bernie Sanders and the people that do those things. What they do, what they specialize in is being overzealous. Right. They have to talk at the top of their lungs and shout because that's what it's all about. It's about creating emotion. It's about getting stirring the feelings. But in this clip, he talks about you're not doing anything. He says de Blasio paraded around his black son because he was pandering for votes. But when it came down to making a change with the police, he did nothing, not a damn thing. This is what he says about de Blasio. Now we're seeing that the cops are under attack. Three years later, they're abolishing the police. They've abolished the police or at least voted to abolish the police in Minneapolis. Wow, that's real. Now in New York, wow, what's going on is really wow. You've got an inspector that's walked right out, walked right out of the office, or I should say the police precinct, saying that's it, I'm done because there's a lack of leadership. We've got cops all over the place that are retiring, over 200 from an article I just read a couple of days ago in the Post. So what I want to know from you all is, should we allow cops to just quit without trying to stick up for the cops? Should we stick up for the cops? 
What is the solution that you propose? I want to hear from you. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We're going to get to your calls and a whole lot more. Remember, the podcast version of this program is available at wabcradio.com. You can get that at Google Podcasts. You can get it at Apple Podcasts. And you got to click subscribe so you never, ever miss an episode. I can't encourage you to do that enough because, A, you get to hear more of me. And what do I love? The sound of my own voice. So obviously, if I love me, you should love me. Again, our phone number, 1-800-848-WABC. I do want to hear from you guys. I see there's a couple of callers, Jason and Jimmy. Definitely keep it locked right there. We're going to get to you because I want to hear what you have to say. And we're going to get to the cops. We're going to get to Biden and everything that he said on the trail All that and more. Just keep it locked right here. 77 WABC. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, I could I could pump my fist to that all day, but I don't believe in half of what they're saying. I don't believe that there's the cops or the KKK. I don't believe that we should defund the police. I don't believe in any of that stuff. But I do believe that the Democrats are out to destroy institutions that protect the people. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. We're still here in New York City on the world famous talk radio 77 WABC. Our phone number 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to get into the police inspector that quit from the Bronx. Over 200 uniformed cops that are filing for retirement since the George Floyd protest. Protesters taking up residence in City Hall and being allowed to stay as long as they do one thing. And there's a guy sitting on a fountain in Washington Square Park. We're going to get to all of that, but right now I want to get to your calls. So let's go to, um, let's see, I wanted to go to the guy in Fort Lee. I guess he's gone. So let's go to Ted in Forest Hills. What's going on, Ted? Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Yeah, are you sure these protests aren't just a walking singles bar? <laughs> well, I mean, I that's always one way of putting it. Now, here's what they did with the police problem: no pensions. I mean, my sister was a teacher for forty years. She didn't quit when it was hard, and I'm on my second Corvette because she yeah. got a big pension. Well, I don't think the police are necessarily quitting because it's hard. I think they're quitting because the department no longer has their back. They signed up to be law enforcers and have qualified immunity. And now the politicians are cowering saying, no, no, no. Now you're going to get in trouble for doing your job. What if you get airborne soldiers in here and one is killed? They're going to rape whatever it is with their automatic machine guns. They're just not going to take it. What? What are you saying, sir? If we get an airborne soldier, they're going to rape someone? They did it in New Orleans. I'm in New York City. Honoree come in. He was a three-star paratrooper. Let me ask you a question. Before the show, what what do you do? Do you throw back a few cold ones? Do you do shots or are you hitting the bomb? No, I don't do anything. I study. Oh, you study? I have a master's in electrical engineering. Oh, then maybe you should go fix something electrical and leave the politics to me. 
Thanks for your call, Ted. I appreciate it. Jason in Summit, New Jersey. What's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hello? Yeah, Jason, wake up, brother. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Hey, hi, Richie. Great. Okay. New uh, York is listening yeah, to okay. you stutter and stammer. Say what you want to say. Hello? All right. Hang up on Jason. Let's go to Frank in New York City. Frank, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, sir? Hey, brother. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Listen, I, I understand because I've been a victim of a bad apple myself, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Caucasian, and, you know, I was busted with something in my car. What were you busted got, with? I was busted with a half gram of something, okay? Something like and an illegal substance, like drugs? Yes, yes, or drugs. Right. All right? And, 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 and the police officer, the detective, cost me. I dropped off the dealer, all right? And he left an eyeglass pouch in my back seat, all mm. right? So the detective charged me with selling in front of a school, all right? And they were going to give me one and a half to three or take it to trial five to 15. And that's not what I did. I had a $50 piece of something, and they did the wrong thing, all right? What I'm trying to say is that there's bad apples in every barrel, all right? What the police should do is... Every month, take a guy's file, see how many complaints he got against him against false accusations or, or brutality, and, 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 and if, if it consists, you suspend the guy. If it happens again, you fire him. You just got to keep track of the guys, that's all, and you get rid of the bad apples. All right, Frank, I get you. So basically what you're saying is, we have to go after the bad apples. And when you say bad apple, you don't mean the guy that's got a 50-piece of something in his car. I got a little something in the car. That guy should not get in trouble. It's the cop that should get in trouble for the guy that has drugs in his car. Frank, this is the problem that we have today, right? The cops are the bad guys. The criminals are the good guys. Oh, boy. These types of calls, I love them, by the way. Thank you, all of you, for calling. I love to hear uh, different opinions. This stuff reminds me of... The late, great Bob Grant, when he, he would just you know, be flabbergasted on the radio and say things like, I don't know why I come in anymore. I don't know why I come in. He was the best. I do love the calls. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And he would pull the, uh, the, the, the proverbial, get off my phone. I don't want to be that rude. I do uh, love to hear what you have to say. And, and I get what you're saying. If what you're saying is, look, um, aside from your personal situation, if what you're saying is that there are cops that don't do the right thing sometimes and there is a bad apple, I agree 100% in any profession you're going to find that. And yes, more accountability is a good thing. I think body cameras are part of that more accountability. I don't know if they're necessarily always a good thing, but it seems to be the norm and that's where they are. I have to full disclosure. I've, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. My brothers have served in, uh, NYPD. My nephew's on the job. In Jersey, I volunteered in my local community and went to an abbreviated police academy. So I'm a huge supporter of the police. Hashtag back the blue all day, every day. That's just how I roll. But I do appreciate that. Gino in Brooklyn, what's on your mind? Uh, any, any police officer that's of retirement eligibility who stays a day longer needs a financial planner or a life coach, period, with what's going on, <laughs> right? right? And, and I could be that person. You can reach out to me. But I, and I'm not even a professional planner, but I can give you a wake-up call. I left not one day later than I needed to, and I left after the Eric Garner protest. Yeah. Let me just say this quickly. 
I stood on 125th Street guarding the state office building in riot gear as BLM led a protest chanting, what do you want, but dead cops, what do we want them now? I've watched it happen. I watched the organizers march with these three, these people. And three days later, Officer Ramos and Lou were assassinated. You're going too fast because these are important, incredibly important facts, Gino. You just said you stood on the street of 125th Street right here in New York City and you heard people saying... What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them? Now. And 48 hours later, two human beings, your brothers in blue, shot dead. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, and neither one of them happened to be white, which is another point I want to make. Unbelievable. Black Black lives are blue lives. And people conflate that issue, and it's insulting to every minority police officer that works across this country, because I stood shoulder to shoulder with these people. And they're as insulted as they are challenged, because there are challenges within the NYPD. I'm not denying that, right? But they are as insulted by these protests as I am, as every outright American should be. It's just disgusting. Brother, you, you, you said it better than I ever could have. I thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. I want to get into this audio, because Inspector... Richard, I'm going to say Brea because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of Puerto Rican heritage and that's how it looks to me. Uh, it could be Bray, but he looks brown. So I'm going to go with Brea. <laughs> and Spanish Brea is tar. It's a little darker than brown. But New York Post, quitting Bronx precinct commander to walk out of station for the last time. This is a quick one, so I'm going to read it to you. The Bronx NYPD precinct commander who's, uh, excuse me, quitting to protest the department's handling of police reform and anti-brutality protests will walk out of the 46th precinct for the last time Friday afternoon. That was yesterday afternoon. According to a flyer circulating on Twitter and sent to the New York Post by Guardian Angels leader Curtis Sliwa. Is Curtis not everywhere? He's literally in in every story. Ketchy Mosul, Curtis. Anyway, um, he's always in the bochinche. Deputy Inspector Richard Brea will walk out of the station house at 3 p.m. Friday afternoon. The inspector put in his papers nearly after three decades of service to the department because his bosses are not giving him enough guidance on how to get guns and drugs off of the street. Now that the, the excuse me, now that the department has disbanded and reassigned its anti-crime unit, and this was according to Curtis, Police Commissioner Dermot Shea said. He was dissolving the unit because it was responsible for a disproportionate percentage of complaints and shootings. All right, whatever. Listen, if you're the guy that's willing to go out and tackle the drug dealer who doesn't see you coming because you're not wearing a, a, a uniform and you're not in a big blue police car, of course there's going to be a disproportionality because it's going to be a little bit more aggressive. They're very, very proactive in their policing. And that's been a debate for quite a while. People want cops to be – I'm going to use a term from, from my youth, meter maids – and cops are not meter mates, especially when you're trying to go after somebody that's, you know, packing heat perhaps more than you, right? You might be armed with 15 shots, one in the chamber, whatever, and these guys might have something a little bit more, a little bit more saucy, a little more spicy. But this was the story yesterday in the Bronx with Inspector Richard Brea retiring, uh, walking out and making a public protest out of it. I want you to hear what he said when he walked right out of the department. He came out of the doors. He stood at a podium and addressed a big crowd of supporters. Check this out. There's been a lot of things said and written about me this past week, most of which is false. What is true, however, is that I love this department with all my heart and soul. So part of what's going on here is that he's acknowledging 
that while he's trying to speak up on this issue, saying, hey, let the cops be cops. Let us do our jobs and stop bad-mouthing us when we try to do the job. People are just maligning him and saying things that are just not true in order to make their case. Check this out. And I want you to remember every single politician that is in office today because they are responsible and this is this will be their legacy. If this city goes back to how it was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, then they better own it. They better own it. I agree with him 100%. This eventually in history, the way we look back at the failure of Koch and Dinkins and the way this city was a zoo. It was an absolute zoo. The way 42nd Street was, Midtown Manhattan, so so much of the city, the subway system. As a little kid growing up, I lived on Avenue M, right off of Avenue M on Ocean Avenue, 1787 Ocean Avenue, right above the French dry cleaners, right next to King Ho Restaurant. And Atlas Drugs was across the street. Nice neighborhood, just right outside of Flatbush, very clean, very calm, very nice place. But once I got on the train, I'd walk down Avenue M to the Avenue M train stop. Guess what was there? You had the Q, you had the D. Whichever direction you went in, the trains were out of control. I would get on the train with my dad. They were out of control. The only time the trains legit were under control, when the dudes with the black army pants and the high combat boots and a white t-shirt with an angel on it and a red beret usually had handcuffs. Sometimes they had a little something else tucked in their uh, their waistband. And I'm not talking about a gun. I'm talking about like nunchucks or, 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 or whatever. These were pr- pretty much uh, martial artists that were involved in the Guardian Angels. But Curtis's guys, as a kid, I saw them all the time. They patrolled the trains. They were all over the city. And it took that. It took that show of support from the community to to get the word out, to get Giuliani elected. And by that time, I had already moved to Jersey. And we left. You know, we had it was it was time to leave Jersey because it was uh, Brooklyn because it was crazy. So my point is, I think we look back now in the year 2020, we look back at that and we say those were the dark times of New York, the 70s, late 70s, the 80s. Because things were out of control. And I think we might be headed there again. Because what do we have? Headline, 272 uniformed NYPD cops file for retirement after George Floyd. This is serious business. There, 272 cops. Now you tell me, is this what we want for our community? Is this how we're going to raise our children? Is this how it's going to go? I don't think this is the way we should be going. But... I want to know what you have to think, uh, what you what you think about that. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Lisa in Nutley, what's on your mind? We have um, a protest here in Nutley, and they were coming for the so-called, you know, our Columbus statue. Well, let me just back up a little bit. I happen to be somewhat of an expert on Nutley because I used to live at 11 Newark Avenue, right adjacent to Holy Family Church. And when I talked about serving with the police, I was with the Nutley Police Department Auxiliary Unit back uh, with when back when Lieutenant Steve Rogers, who you've seen do lots of things with President Trump, was uh, on the job. So I know Nutley really well. Okay. well, we had it here last night and most of the kids that showed up, there was a standoff between us and them. And most of the kids, again, are, had just graduated high school. Nutley High School, like maybe a week ago. They're ignorant. The stuff that they were yelling at us and the police. My guys on the police force are not racist. And they are not bigots. Okay? They held their ground. I was so proud of them. And 
again, these kids are just rude. They're disrespectful. They're nasty. They are just, um, this is the future of our country. And it's a damn shame. And nobody, everybody wants to know, where are their parents? Yeah. Well, you know, I think people thought the same thing in the 60s when you had all these radicals running around. And you're right. These are the future. I mean, one of those 60s radicals, one of the young girls from the college Republicans at Yale, a young woman named Hillary Clinton, who eventually stopped being a Republican and became a really big uh, uh, activist for the left wing groups. You know, she uh, she went on to an incredible career being a leftist, being a um, Everything. I mean, you name it. She's went from being inside of government to outside of government, influencing policy at so many different levels. So, yeah, now is the time that we have to correct this behavior, at least present them with a viable option so that they don't fall off the grid and by the wayside becoming left wing progressive radicals. But speaking of that, I want to talk about Joe Biden and we're going to get into that as soon as we come back. So keep it locked right here. We're live. We're local. On Talk Radio 77 WABC, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, New York, welcome back. Our phone number 1 800 848-9222. You would think that I say that number four million times and I still have to look at the little sticker there to make sure I get it right. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. So I want to talk about Joe Biden. And I, it triggered the thought of Joe Biden when I was listening to the latest ad from the Republican National Committee, which I thought was interesting because it placed clips of AOC and Biden and Pelosi. But Describing it wouldn't be appropriate because you need to hear it. I think it's a pretty effective ad. Check this out. I also think that we actually do have an ideological frame. We uh, are trained Marxists. This could be a police cruiser, Tom, that you mentioned that is burning right now. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. Flames ripped through the lower level of St. John's Church. And uh, as you can see, uh, there's definitely a fire here. Make sure that police departments are defunded. We need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The driver hit two officers. We have an incredible opportunity to fundamentally transform the country. The first statue that we came across was Ulysses Grant. It was toppled. It was lying in the pathway. Look what you did to my store. No! These people are tearing up our livelihood. We are trained Marxists. So... That was the ad from the RNC, and I thought, man, does it really sum it up? Because guess what? Typically, when you hear a political ad, you hear some guy that's a professional voiceover artist saying things like, this guy let you down. She voted no against that. And that's not what you're hearing this time. This time, you're hearing them in their own words. How about that? Literally, Trump, to beat the left... He's going to play their own words at them. AOC saying, we have to defend the police. Nancy Pelosi saying, well, well, uh, uh, ice cream. And all these other people saying these silly things that they have to say. And that's all you got to do is put it on display. Call them out. Let people see who they actually are. And it'll reveal itself to the world. Just like Biden. Biden is... He came out of his shell a couple of days ago 
And I'm happy that he did. And I'm happy that he's doing well because I actually heard one clip and while we were doing show prep, and he sounded pretty competent. He sounded like he was with it. And that's a good thing. And I say this from a real position of, of humanity. My dad had fallen down many years ago and gotten a brain injury, which prompted something called TBI, traumatic brain injury, related dementia. And he was real sharp and with it all up until the sun went down. And something called sundowning, sundown syndrome kicks in and all hell breaks loose in your mind and you forget where you are, who you are, who's around you. So I understand people are like, oh, where's Joe? Why is he hiding in the basement? I totally understand why they're hiding him in the basement because he probably has his good times during the daytime. And at nighttime, it becomes difficult for him. So if these debates that he's saying he may or may not do are primetime debates after 6, 7 o'clock, he may not be able to handle that. Now, again, I'm not diagnosing him. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm me. But he does show a lot of those symptoms. And it may be related to his brain surgery. You know, the brain surgery can be traumatic and cause some sort of injury. I'll let you guys decide about that. But I want you to hear about the trip he took and the things that he had to say about our country, which has 330 million people. So, you know, half of that would be, I don't know what, 100 and something, something million people. <laughs> and listen to what he had to say about 120 some odd million people. Check this out. Unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Hold up. <laughs> There's 120 million dead from COVID. Wow. Before we came in here at the uh, bottom of the hour news, I heard them say that we had just approached 125,000 cases uh, of testing positive and that the death rate is now super low. I think the success rate of the virus is now 99.8%. So two-tenths of a percent of people getting infected with this virus die. Yet Joe Biden says we're at 120 million. Can we hear it again? 120 million, Joe. Unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Thank you, Joe. Now, if that weren't enough, Joe now says because this half of the country was killed by COVID, check this out. Everybody's got to wear a mask. Go. Wouldn't you use your federal leverage to mandate that, though? Yes. And you would you? Yes, I would from an executive standpoint. Yes, I would. So you would, in effect mandate the wearing of masks. I would do everything in my possible to make it make it required that people had to wear masks in public. He's going to do everything in his possible. We have very limited time, but Jimmy has been faithful holding on. So Jimmy from Brooklyn, what's on your mind about Biden? Biden was elected with the help. He was actually put in office by a group called Council for a Livable World. He was put in specifically to push Soviet policy on defense and to keep us weak and uh, to agree with the Soviet uh, treaties and stuff. Now, there's other groups. There's the World Council of Churches, the World Peace Council, the Institute for Policy Studies, which is a KGB front group. This is how the communists have massive influence in this country. That communist group, Council for a Livable World, not only helped Biden get into office, they helped Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi. So these groups interconnect, they cross-section each other. It's, it's a massive movement that got the Democrat Party. In fact, the head of the Communist Party years ago said the best way to help the cause of communism is through the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. Biden is an 80-year-old pajama boy. He couldn't pass the written test or the road test. Biden couldn't get a driver's license, but he's going to be in charge of our defense if he wins. God help us. Trump, 
Trump. Got to pray for Trump. Thank you, Jimmy. You're right on. I think you're 100% right. We need to take this seriously. Joe Biden can't get elected. My name is Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on Twitter and all of the social media. And you're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. God bless you. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.